Father, we just turn to you just to thank you, Lord, for gathering us here to be able to come and listen to your word, Lord. We are just so thankful and grateful for what a wonderful Savior you are, Lord, that we are able to listen to your word and learn from it and understand more so that we may pick up on what it is that we need to be doing in this world as believers. Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again, Lord, for uh, a wonderful day that we're in heaven so far, Lord, of listening to uh, worship service, Lord, and everything that we've been doing here today, Lord. Father, I just pray and thank you for the speaker that you may be with him and just supporting God and then just giving the strength, Lord, to be uh, able to speak to us through your word. Uh, Father, I ask this in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. <clears throat> Once again, I would like to thank my God for this opportunity and also I would like to thank each one of you who were praying for me. I was just worried about till morning that whether I will be able to make it because Betty is, as we heard the announcement, I'm just waiting father. So she is just about to have her baby. I would like to thank the leadership team, especially elders of this assembly, for giving me this opportunity as well. As we all know, we are uh, we are not in Hamilton at the moment, isn't it? We are in Corinth. We are learning about the people or what happened in Corinth and what our dear apostle Paul wrote about what was happening there. So I will take you back to that same place where we were last week. We were in the first episode, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12. I would like to read one verse before I go to, that is not my my subject or my words which have which have been given this week, but I would like to read one verse from that chapter, the last word of chapter 12 of First Corinthians. We read like this, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you a still more excellent way. So today we are going to look at a more excellent way than what we were hearing last week. I would like to read the first three verses of chapter 13, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. It reads like this, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love I am nothing and if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love it profits me nothing so this these are the three verses given to me and I would like to, I've got a very good subject also given to me from when I was given this 
subject the subject given to me is the prominence of love first of all i didn't understand that word so i just check it in the dictionary to find out what is the prominence it is the greatest or important the greatest importance of love that is what we are going to look at today we had we read three verses and we saw some of your bible may say that though but some it is if so we can read it as if for today so we are going to look at these these three verses with that if and see what was paul mentioning in that last verse of chapter 12 the more excellent way which he is talking so for today we will just have a look of what is the more excellent way and what is the prominence of love and then i will close so there is not much for today we know that we we were um, hearing from the last three three sundays about spiritual gifts and i think brother jack boyens closed us last week with this uh with this summary saying that or i i can say it like this that no one who is sitting here can say that they don't have a spiritual gift isn't it and i i told this in one of our indian prayer meeting that if you say that you don't have a spiritual gift in you better you check your salvation we must be very careful about this and we heard last week that we must not having boasted because of that spiritual gift and we heard that everyone who has got one or many spiritual gifts consider just as one of the member of the body so no one can boast we heard last week about the eyes if the body is of all eyes there is no use we we didn't even call body isn't it we call it is a bunch of eyes but this is the this is what we heard and today we are going to look at this more excellent way last week brother Bo- brother jack boyens was closing it with this that why does chapter 13 come in between, in between chapter 12 and 14 because you will come to know that when you go further like after 13 again we are back in the same track spiritual gifts so it is not ended by last chapter it has not ended with the more excellent way is love and now you are going to have love he is going to take them and if you read if you study the whole book of corinthians we can see that paul is just not going to fire them like stand up there and just fire them he just deal with them very with very personal love he always tell them about their faith their joy in in the lord jesus christ their joy about all the things and then he tells that this is the problem you have got and we must change it so we will have a look on what is we'll have a normal look of what is love we know that normally this chapter comes in between but when we hear about chapter 13 and when people talk about love even i was not even thinking much deeper into like this because i just thought about last week when he was telling that why does this chapter come in between there is a significance of that 
And we remember in this, from the same place, Brother Jeff Smith was telling that when, when we preach about something, three things is, are important, three things. It is context, context, and context. So when we come, come about this, it is love. And I heard from some commentary that people used to read it in the marriages. But I don't think any, any reference we can read this in a marriage. But let us have a look of what is the more excellent way Paul is telling about. And as we know all that the more excellent way he is talking about is love. Just have a small study about love. It has got different meanings in Bible. Not only three, there are uh, different kinds of love which you can see. But not all of them are mentioned in the Bible. But if you look at in, in English dictionary, you can see most of the places we can see only one word. But in Greek, there are different words. And if you go to my mother tongue, Malayalam, I've got different words. Even in Hindi, I've got different words. And here I'm not going to talk that because then you will be thinking that I'm talking in tongues. So let us come back to here. We will look into some of the words. First of all, we can see there is philos. So when we think about this chapter, I wanted to know that what love exactly Paul is talking about. Where we here see that philos means a friendship or a brotherly love. I don't think Paul has got a, Paul is going to explain that brotherly love or friendship love here. The second one is called eros and which in Greek, eros which means that love between a man and a woman, an emotional love. So I don't think Paul is again going to talk about that emotional love between he and the church of Corinth. And we don't even see much of this type of love in the Bible. But we see mainly and mostly about the third one, agape, which is the divine love or the sacrificial love. And we see that uh, from the morning we hear that about it, that love, that agape love, the sacrificial love which made the father to send his son for us. That's a great love which we have. Our second point is a personification of love. So love is not just a word or just a phrase or just a something, but it is a quality which has got a personality in it. If you read the epistle of John, we can see that the personality of love is found in one person. It says like this, I put it in the bracket, it is not a, a word which made by me, but it is exactly quote from that word from the Bible, it says that God is love. What does it mean? It is the exact quality or in the, in the dictionary, it says abstract quality. And we can see that none other than our God. He has got this love. He has got this. If you look at him, we teach like we teach Ileana. She knows God is love. So we, we teach her about it. We know that she is thinking that what is love? God is love. If, it, if you take a mango and tell her that this is mango, what she will tell next time when I show her the mango? This is mango. So if we know that God is love, 
what does it mean it has got a personality in it god is love let us read that verse from first john chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8 beloved let us love one another for love is from god for love is from god it has got a origin and when i when I, when i was thinking about this word personification it is not a common word which we can see it says that incarnation we know the incarnation of god so look at it it has got a origin god is love and that is come down to us how is it and it says that love is from god there is a source of it and love is from god and again here it says that and everyone who knows who loves is born of god and knows god everyone who loves is from god not only that he is the one who knows god so we can recognize this and we can categorize people i don't want to categorize people today but let us think about this that if anyone is from god and anyone who knows god this is the abstract quality in him that he will love and this love is what paul is trying to tell to these people that you got all sort of things but you must have this special sacrificial love and in verse 8 we read that the one who does not love does not know god for god is love in that chapter we can see many times god is love so there is a personality to the love again the third thing definition of love i know that people can give many definition if you google about love we can see all sort of the first page will be wikipedia with about all the things about love but i don't think that is the greatest definition we can see that let, let me read that verse in john chapter 15 and verse 13 is reading like this greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends it is so grateful isn't it it is so grateful that this love has no one bible is so clear i'm for sure about that i believe that this love this greater love has no one what is that love to give our life lay down my life will i lay down my life for my brother will i lay down my my life for anything it says that this is the greater love and i read in a commentary this is the greatest definition in the bible which we can see we know about john 3:16 isn't it i don't want to take it we know that god for god so loved the world for god so loved the world that is also a good definition we can see that god so loved the world did he love the greeneries did he love the plants and trees or the shark in the in the sea no the world means the people he is just concerned about people 
he is telling that for god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son for what for saving us for saving us so we see that this love has got a definition as well again there is this is what jesus christ told isn't it we know that 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 love came down to this earth and that is who that is the absolute character of that love is jesus christ we see that for god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son and he is the one who told in chapter 15 we read that greatest love is no one has done this and that is to lay down the life this is what he teaching to his disciples if you study about 13 14 15 and 16 chapter of john we can see that this is the last message or last class of jesus christ to his disciples to make them perfect in this world to answer everything he is telling that this you know i am giving myself to you nothing else than that i am giving myself to you and this is the greatest love and here we see that not only that he didn't end that love there okay this is my love he told something if you look at that same chapter chapter 15 of john and verse 12 it says this is my commandment that you love one another just as i have loved you this is my commandment and we remember about just maybe half an hour before isn't it one hour before we remember we take the cup and we we know the the story behind it isn't it we know the real story behind it jesus took the cup and what he told this is the new commandment this is the new law i'm giving you so love is not just in the bible love is not not just only the definition we must by heart it love is not just the person is god love is god so you must know god but love is a new commandment we must we must we don't see this quite often in the old testament when we look around but in the new testament it is for clear for sure every place we can see that this is the major one you must do that you must do that because many times if you look at look at john's epistle he we see that he mentioned it many times this is the new commandment so it is a commandment again it has got a pattern it has got a example we we read in the same words what did we read jesus told that look at this i am the example i am the example how to love we don't know how to love isn't it i heard many people like their husband and wife or friends or mates we can't love one another we can't share things so i tell them many things about how we can love but then i look back can i tell that oh look at me this is what here an example given jesus is telling that look at me how i showed you if you if you turn to john 13 we can see there as well jesus is telling that love as i have loved you so 
the law is not just given in the bible so that we all must follow yes we must follow but it has got a pattern it has got an example okay this is how it should be followed again the last one we were telling that this is in between this spiritual gifts chapter 12 is spiritual gift and 14 is spiritual gifts so this is the greatest of the spiritual gift isn't it no this is not a spiritual gift let me tell you it clearly this is not a spiritual gift if you turn with me to galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 we read this but the fruit of the spirit is love it is not a spiritual gift we heard about spiritual gift i had a slide of that but i just deleted it because when I, when i looked at it is too much so i thought i may, i may not be able to finish at all so i just deleted it but because you know we know in the previous chapter we heard about about nine spiritual gifts and we heard that brother boyens was telling that it is not only nine there are many if you look in romans if you look in corinthians if you look in ephesians colossians we can see many spiritual gifts but the major thing we we must remember is love is not a spiritual gift though it is in between this two spiritual gift chapters it is not a spiritual gift but it it is what it is the fruit of the spirit if you look at the remaining part joy peace long suffering kindness if you think that that first part is not there do you have joy do you have peace if you don't have love i can tell you i experience a lot of things even after i come to new zealand i can tell you that if there is no love there is no peace you can't sleep properly and kindness if i don't have love will i show kindness i don't so if you if you if you do a summary or or just make it one one word around nine things which we can see there if you make it a one word what is it it is love it is love so that is what here we are going to look what is happening in this church we know that i'll have a small background of this thing so we heard about the problem here is everyone is having spiritual gifts isn't it they started doing it i i know the tongues so i know all the languages and i have great faith i have great uh, miracles but paul is telling that that is not the more excellent way we know that why he mentioned that though they are very uh, blessed people i would say like that because i also said this that if you have more than one spiritual gift you are a special one you have got more blessing from god isn't it you are a special one you got you got more blessing you, special one means not any difference you are still a member but you are more special in that your love is so special but with that speciality what are they doing 
with all the spiritual gifts in them they are having trouble there they are not doing it in love and that is the great great problem and that is why paul is writing this in between this because we heard about spiritual gifts and paul was telling that are all apostles are all prophets are all uh, doing miracles and we heard last week that all of them answer was what no the answer was no but if you look at chapter 14 he is again telling that tongues is good prophecy is good but what we heard about it all of that last three messages but the boyns was telling that why is the spiritual gift given it is for the edification for the whole congregation it is for the edification for the whole congregation i know malayalam and hindi very well so i will just speak from malayalam i don't think you will be able to understand a single word isn't it if you want a test i can read one word from from malayalam because i have got a bilingual bible i got english language and malayalam language in my bible i'm sure that you will not figure out anything so paul is mentioning here that you got gift you are a very blessed people but if you use it without love it is nothing so we see here if you look at the bible you can see five ifs but i when but i read a commentary which is written by james davis i saw that he split it into seven and i thought that is good because if you look at it you can see the spiritual gifts which we have saw last week so in this three verses we can see all these seven things and it ends up with nothing so if you got languages or tongues tongues means languages if you got languages you know many languages but if you use it without love it is nothing prophecy knowledge understanding all mysteries faith charity martyrdom nothing we'll just have a brief look of each one of it we know about languages right but if you look at this words paul is going very high i can say that i know only three languages i know only three languages and many of you may know only one language or maybe you know 10 languages but look at paul he writes what is writing if you know all the languages of men i can tell you that i don't know, i don't even know all the languages of south india forget about india i don't know all the languages of south india because in south in india we have got different kind of languages in every state i don't even know and i was telling to someone last friday that if i go to another state i will be stuck <laughs> because i don't know how to talk paul is good he can go to three different places in south india because he knows three different languages but here is apostle paul is telling that he is telling a hypothetical expression all of these things are a hypothetical expression he is just telling that if you know all everything 
And not only that, if you know all the languages of heaven, sometimes we used to tell in Mumbai, saying that to the believers, okay, this is just a joke, okay, don't take it serious. I, we used to tell them, you better learn Malayalam because in heaven it will be the it will be Malayalam. <laughs> so, but look at this. If you know all languages of the world, and if you know all the languages in heaven, or oh, there will be one language, okay, don't worry about it. There will be only one language because everyone will be able to speak. But what? If you don't have this sacrificial love, and that sacrificial love is, that is what I explained. The love which came from heaven to earth, just considering only one thing. We heard about it when we were singing worthless or wretch, to save the wretch, isn't it? To save the wretch. So Paul is giving this more excellent way of love. He is telling the beauty and power of it and he is telling that it is not against, against any argument of the spiritual gift, don't worry about it. And also he is telling that if you if you have all these spiritual gifts without no without using it with love is nothing. That is what his point, okay? All of these seven things you will see that his point of telling them is just one point. If you do it without love, it is nothing. We know about languages. We read in Acts about it. I'm not going to talk about it because I know that chapter 14, someone will be speaking about it. Different kinds of languages. We read there the wonderful thing happened. Holy Spirit came and they spoke in different languages. People were able to understand. They were Asians, they were Parthians, Persians, Medians. All were able to understand in their language. But what if, if I don't have love? We heard about last week about the charismatic people who speak bubbles and tell that there is, this is the greatest things they are talking about. But is it any good? I don't think it is. Forget about them. If I speak only in Malayalam here, it is not going to make any edification in this church. And also, I am just doing myself, isn't it? That we will learn later. And also, we, we see these languages in the Bible, in the New Testament, that three kind of people which talk, that also I am not going into deep, but we can see from all of it that this is the known language. But, to make it short, if you use these languages, or if you, if you know different kinds of languages, but it is not for the glory of God, or if you are not using it with love, it is having a value of zero in it. Second is the greatest one, because you will come to know in chapter 14, Paul tells that prophecies, if you, weigh it, if you put it in a weighing machine, what is he telling? Prophecy is greater than tongues. So prophecy has got a, got a higher value in chapter 14. But here again he says that prophecy without love is nothing. Prophecy without love is nothing. Let me tell you some we know about all good examples, isn't it? We know about our, our prophets. 
let me let me tell you something before that what is prophecy do we have prophecy today yes we do but not not the first time let me tell you when we reiterate or re re talk about it we are still telling it right this prophecy means not only the prophets in the old testament they get it get the word from god and telling to the people but now we reiterate them isn't it we quote it we know that in the new testament when peter was standing before these people he was telling that that jesus christ that one who was prophesied in joel the one who is going to give holy spirit i am talking about that so we know that the prophets or, or the prophecy means the proclamation of god's truth in the language of people so we all do isn't it we all tell god's truth to people god's truth from the word of god to the people it is not the real prophecy don't take me when i'm going back so it is not a real prophecy but it says that the reiteration of the prophecy so we must have that uh that love in us otherwise there is no meaning in telling all these prophecies i will tell you one example i'm telling you a bad example okay we know all good people we know ezekiel we know jeremiah we know isaiah who spoke very good things with very love isn't it but let me tell you let me show you one person who was not having any love we got many examples in the world so we don't take that we'll take it from the bible look at this person in numbers chapter 24 verse 15 to 17 numbers chapter 24 verse 15 to 17 so here is it here it is so he took up his oracle and said the utterance of balem the son of beor and the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened the utterance of him who hears the words of god and has the knowledge of the most high who sees the vision of the almighty who falls down with eyes wide open i see him but not now look at this this is the greatest prophecy of balaam okay he was a great prophet what is this prophecy i see him but not now i behold him but not near a star shall come out of jacob we know who it is right this is talking about jesus christ is he a great prophet yes he is he is talking a great oracle or great prophecy about god but do you know what if you turn with me to revelation chapter 2 and verse 14 it says this when the letter was written to the to the seven churches we see one of them but i have a few things against you because you have there those who you you bear those who hold the doctrine of balaam what was balaam speaking before just before a star shall come out of jacob he was right isn't it he was right he was a very good prophet he was telling the right thing he was talking about jesus christ he was proclaiming very good prophet preaching very well 
But look at this. We must be very careful about it. Look at this. He is telling in chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 14, it says that you have followed or you hold the doctrine of Balaam. What is that? Who taught, who taught Balak. Look at this word. Who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Who did that? The great prophet of God. The great prophet of God who told this Balak many times, I can't curse this people because I belong to God and he is telling that, don't do that. And we know that first time in the history, the donkey spoke, isn't it? Great man. But what happened? He is the one. Give me money, I will tell you a secret way. Okay, I can't prophesy against these people, but I can corrupt these people. I can't prophesy against these people, but I can corrupt these people. Look at this. So the prophecy, where is it? I've got many ways. It says in... Uh, in Peter, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Again, the same person. Who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Jude, it writes, he says that, have run greedily in the error of Balaam the prophet. He is talking about the people. He ran before the prophet. Was he in love with the people? He was not supposed to speak a single word against the children of God. He had been forbidden by God. Even the angel of God was standing with the sword and his donkey realized it. And he is telling that, don't worry, I got an idea. Balak, come secretly, I will, I will tell you all the things, how to corrupt those people. And we see that around 24,000 people died just because of that sin they did. How care we should be, how much care we should take in our life when we are telling this oracle or prophecy or reiterating this prophecy to the people or telling this truth to others, how good or how care we should take care and do it in love. If we just love the people, he would have not done that, isn't it? I know the real fear of that, that Balak. He saw that I can see a big thing coming. He, he, he just worried about them. It's a big crowd, big troop is coming. You heard about North Korea, right? I don't need to tell about you. So he saw that big, big thing coming and he told that, Oh, I know a person who can curse these people. He was a well-known prophet, but what did he do? He did it without love. Let's go further. We'll go to the third one. All knowledge. If I have all knowledge, I know about God, I know about sin, I know about the glory of God, I know about Jesus Christ, I know the mysteries of Christ, I know the Son of God, I know the truth, I know salvation, I know the knowledge of salvation, how it happens. You know, 
I'm a great person. I, I can understand it. I know the change which happens in the face of a person because of my knowledge. All forgot about this. I know about star. I know about all the things in there. I know about aeroplane. Is there any, any good thing which we see here? Forgot about the world which I told. But if you know all these things, you, we all know, is, isn't it? I know that those who are sitting before me knows all these things. Am I telling any wrong? Can anyone raise hands who doesn't know any of this? I would like to know. We all know this. But what is the point? If you know all these things, but if you don't have that great sacrificial love, that is what Paul is telling them. If you don't have that love, your knowledge is weighed as zero. Nothing. You know great things, but you don't have love, then nothing. These all things are just zero value. Let's go to the next one. All mysteries. I can understand all mysteries of God. I have copied around 10 of them from the Bible. I think most of them, everyone knows. Know the kingdom, mystery of the kingdom of God? Yes. Mystery of God? Yes. Mystery of God's will? Yes. Mystery of Christ? Yes. Mystery of, great mystery concerning Christ and the church? Yes. People who knows all these mysteries. People who understand all these mysteries in, in its right way. Who doesn't have love. What is the point? We know about last year or last to last year. Heard about the church in Destiny Church, isn't it? They know all about Bible. They know all about the mysteries and knowledge. But I read it in the newspaper that they want X amount of money on Sunday from the church. I'm so happy that Hukunui is not giving that X amount of target to us, isn't it? Has anyone been told a target by elders? I'm sure no one would have told a target here. But how if I know all the knowledge and all the mysteries... You must come to Hukunui every, every Sunday with $200. How is that? Am I after telling the God's love to you or making my pocket bigger? So this is what Paul tells us. We, we must know all these mysteries, but when we tell, we, we should have that great love in us. I'm sure that I can admit that. I don't have that great love, isn't it? We all don't have that great love, the sacrificial, we don't die for others, isn't it? I'm sure we won't. But we should have at least that in our mind. We should keep it. We should try to accomplish how much possible we can. I will tell you how we can achieve it later. Faith. We know about faith, a little mustard seed. If you have mustard seed faith, what did Jesus told? You can move the mountains. And I heard a commentary of John MacArthur, if people were praying like that, it would have messed up 
Lord's second coming because the mound of Hollywood have gone, isn't it? It's good that we we don't have that faith, isn't it? But if we get time, this book I take from the church, church library, about George Muller. We know about his faith, isn't it? I got some words about him. It says, and this is so interesting. I I got a different kinds of faith in this. He is praying just before him, 300 children just waiting for their food. He just prayed and he told the matron that don't worry, I will pray. And he just prayed. And we know that just after that, someone knocked at the door. And he, the, what did he told? I was making you for this in the night. I come to know about in the night that you need some food. How is that? And then later, one milkman came. My my truck is having some problem. I can't carry this. I, my tire is tire need to be changed, but I can't lift it because of it is heavy. I want you unload some milk. He doesn't have anything there. He was just praying. See how God is providing. But let us look this this man's faith. Mullah's faith that his prayers for money would be answered was rooted in the sovereignty of God. It is not that he got a bank which has got plenty of money, Swiss bank. Have you heard about Swiss bank? Many Indians have got Swiss bank account. I, I read it in the newspaper. It is not that bank which know, he knows that I will get all money from it. But he, he had this great thing and this is what he quoted. When faced with a crisis in having the means to pay a bill, he would say, how the means are to come, I know not, but I know that God is Almighty. Again, he didn't say that, don't worry, I got enough money, enough check. He remind, He is telling us, he didn't say that God has got all the money, he said that God is Almighty. We heard about it, isn't it? In the morning we heard that he, his name is Almighty God. Our The name of our God is Almighty God. And again he says that this is the root of his confidence. Okay, This is the root of his confidence, of George Muller's confidence. God is Almighty. The hearts of all men are his minds. And when God chooses to influence their hearts, they will give. Look at this man. He was praying in front of him, 300 children standing there in front of their dining table. No food is available. And he just prayed and this man came. Oh, I have been told yesterday night. I heard that. So I bring it here. Look at this man. He is telling that God is almighty. And what? The hearts of all men are in his hands. Last week I told Brother Jack Boyens, if God willing, I will see you on next Sunday. Because I may not be able to come because Betty is ready to do. Don't worry, we can postpone it. And I, I, I remember this about one month or one and a half month before I told Brother Andrew Linden that I will be in trouble. I won't be able to do this. He told me, you will be alright. No, but Betty's date is there. You will be alright. And he was there in, the, there in the door when I was coming today with a smiling face. 
I would like to thank God for this faith he had given to us. How faithful he is. But here we see that if that faith is without love, nothing. Again, he is telling to these people in Corinth that, okay, you have got this great faith. And if you read this, I don't have time, so I'll just go faster. Then we can see that he told someone, and then some girl, eight years old, she started paying, praying to God, saying that, God, please give me like you give to George Muller. And he was so happy with that. Charity. Don't get worried about this word because in King James Version you can see that the whole thing is love is changed with charity. But the cha this charity means giving everything to poor. We know about that young ruler who went back by hearing it, isn't it? He was a millionaire. But Jesus told that one problem. He told that, Lord, I, I, I follow everything. All law, all law. I respect my parents. I respect God. I give tithe, I, I, I do all things, but what, what is the problem? Jesus, what Jesus told? One problem, I, I got a small problem with you. You go and sell your property and come. We see that he went back very sad because he was a millionaire. Did you see in, in the TV, there's a program called Undercover Millionaire. There are people who is willing to give money I'm not a serial watch of that, but I saw it unfortunately last week that these people come and serve in the place just like a poor man. He went and go to orphanages, go to different places, help them, charity. And at the final, he come and give some dollars, like 70,000. One lakh. Tell them, I'm a millionaire. Do you know that? I just give out $50,000 to you. They're so happy. I just give 20,000 to you. Or do you want to do this? I give 30,000 to you. But what? If you don't have the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ in you, what you make is nothing. Isn't it? We are saved by the grace. It reads that not that anyone may boast. I had $10,000 in my bank. That is why God chose me. No. No. We'll just go further. It says, you know this man, isn't it? You would have never forgotten him. His name is Graham Stuart Staines. I'm not telling that he, he died without love. Because I got a stanza for about him also. Just to read to you. What is our last one? It says that if I give my body to be burned... If I give my body to be burned, without love is what? Just a big zero. And this is what I read about this man who died in 1999 in India. People just burned his car with his two kids. He had three kids. This is his family. This is what I read about him. Filled with sorrow and compassion for those suffering from leprosy, and because of his profound love for God. Did you see that? Filled with sorrow and compassion for those suffering from leprosy. And because of his profound love for God. 
Did you see that point I am going to make? He died. He was burned alive. He was in the car and he saw the fire but he couldn't. They didn't let him out, go out. In Orissa, he just burned alive with his kids. Only that his daughter and his wife is safe. They were at home. He decided to dedicate his life to serve God by serving leprosy patients. Dr. Graham Stewart Stain spent 34 years of his life serving the people with love. Did you see that again? He was not serving with... Oh, okay, I must do that. No. He spent 34 years in India serving these people who, who are lepers. Leprosy. It, it's a very hard disease, isn't it? No one liked them. And he made a place for them and he was loving them. And we read here, he's, he served them with love. Extending the grace of our Christ and working in Orissa among the tribal poor and especially the leprosy patients since 1965. Look at this man and look at ourselves. Do we have this, this kind of love, profound love of God? If we don't have, then no matter if you burn your life. No, no matter if you give your life to be burned. No matter you die as a martyrdom. You die. We know that many politicians have got this. If you go to India, you can see many, uh, many idols of people who have done uh, martyrdom for the party, for the political party. But this is not like that. It says that he died because of his profound love of God. Don't worry, we will see him. But look at this man. Let me close. Life minus love equals zero. There is a bit of calculation. If any accounting person other than Brother Andrew, I know I'm Brother Andrew. But this is the balance sheet. This is, the, this is what the account says. Life minus love is a big zero. It's a big zero. It says three things. Let us look, look in the three verses which we read. The loveless person produces nothing of value. But what? If you want to hear that, I'll ask Paul to do that after this. Just a big noise. Just a big noise. Verse 2, loveless person himself, though he know prophecy, though he know knowledge, though he had got all understanding about mysteries, he himself of no value. And you can see there, the Paul is very concerned about the people of Corinth, isn't it? He didn't say that you people are no value. He said that I am nothing. He had taken that with himself. Thirdly, we see that loveless person receives nothing of value. Receives nothing of value. He profits nothing. There is no profit. Everything at the end of it is just a big zero. And we learned about the greatest what? Greatest is love. At the end of this chapter, we will see that faith, hope and love. But greatest is what? Love. If you don't have love, dear beloved, don't. Waste on your hope. This is very serious. If you don't have love, if you don't have this, this sacrificial love in your life, 
don't say that I have faith in Jesus Christ and I have hope in him. But nothing counts. This is so important. And thirdly, it says that love is the fruit of the Spirit. What is the application? Do we need to take anything? No, it's not for me, isn't it? I am very spiritual. It is not for me, isn't it? No. In chapter 14, Paul started with this. Pursue, follow, follow this law. And I would like to tell you that if anyone sit here, doesn't know how to follow, this is what we read, that God is love. And love comes from God. John 3.16 says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for us to be died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. That is the greatest love. If you don't have or if you don't know how to follow, if you don't know how this, if you don't have this great love in your heart, let's just do one thing. Just accept this man. Lord Jesus Christ is the ultimate love. He is the ultimate love of every believer or every person in this world. If you receive him, you will automatically come to know. You don't need to go to a lesson. You don't need to go for college, uni, for study about love. You will, it, it is inbuilt. When you receive, what, what is the first gift which is promised is the spirit. And what is the first fruit or the ultimate fruit of the spirit? Love. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you will find how to love. And that is what I would like to close with that. It says in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Let us close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time you have given to us. Father, we thank you for the great and ultimate love you have for us. Thank you for your Son, Lord Jesus Christ. The one who came and showed the greatest love. No one else have this love that he lays, his, lays down his life for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for that great ransom you paid for us. Thank you for the great love you died on the cross for saving us. It is so marvelous, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for all the wonderful works you have done in our life. We pray for this congregation, Lord. We pray that you may bless each one of us and give your grace and love in the coming days so that we may be more fruitful and more happy and joy in our life in this world. We look forward for your coming. Lord, we pray that you may keep us safe in this week and help us to meditate about this love in this week. Father, we ask all in the mighty and matchless name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very much.